and welcome to the JNMP podcast. My name is Elizabeth Hyten and I'm joined today by Professor Bruce Taylor from the Menzies Institute for Medical Research at the University of Tasmania. And we're going to be talking about his recent paper published in the JNMP, looking at higher latitude and its association with an earlier age of disease onset in multiple sclerosis. So Bruce, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Um, so first of all, we're thinking about latitude and um, age of disease onset and multiple sclerosis. Could you walk us through the prior evidence for factors such as latitudinal gradients um, and then the sort of associated factors such as exposure to sunlight and vitamin D um, with relation to MS? Mm-hmm. So one of the most striking things um, that's been known for many years about MS is that it's not evenly distributed around the, um, uh, throughout the, the world. It's, it's been known to be more common in um, the northern parts of the uh, in the north, as opposed to the south and the northern hemisphere, and the reverse in Australia. And, and this um, has Ray has first really documented in the, uh, probably in the 50s and then in the 60s. And certainly there was good evidence that that was the case. But then the arguments came around saying this was due to distribution of um, genes and that it's all, if you look at it, it was all due to the way people migrated from northern Europe um, around the world and in fact there was no latitudinal gradient. And But in the early, late 90s and early 2000s we once again became interested in this because in Australia we, we clearly saw a latitudinal gradient. There was a gradient that was sevenfold increase between north of Australia and the south of um, Australia and um, this could not be explained by genetic um, variation because essentially there was no great genetic variation within Australia and therefore um, we decided we'd look at this in more detail and we did a very large study published in JNNP in 2011 and we looked at where we looked at every prevalence study ever done on MS and we found that there was a really was a robust gradient. Now that meant that allowing for timing of the study also for the, to a certain degree genetic makeup that um, the latitude was an important driver of your risk of getting MS and from those studies there came the idea that latitude is a proxy for sunlight exposure the further north or further south you go the less sunlight you get particularly in winter and in winter your ultraviolet radiation uh, levels fall to zero in the far north and in the far south and ultraviolet radiation striking your skin is a major way you make vitamin D and 95% of the vitamin D that for instance in our population comes from sun exposure so you can make this direct link between latitude sunlight and vitamin D and that sort of developed the idea that vitamin D and or sunlight might be important in your risk of MS but um, the next question became well is if you increase if your risk of MS is increased your um, your overall chance of getting the disease is um, increased by where you um, live maybe the same sort of factors acting at the population level may also affect markers of severity of the disease and the problem with MS is that severity is very difficult to measure. Um, you've got um, non-linear and difficult to assess uh, measures of um, clinical disability, which is the EDSS score. You can look at things such as um, brain uh, volume on MRI, but that requires measurement of change over time. So what we hypothesized was that one of the markers of disease severity is if you're at risk of getting MS, you're the right person in the right environment, 
how severe your disease might be, maybe um, a marker of how soon in your life it comes on. Because you know, if you get it earlier, it probably means you've got a more severe phenotype. So we came up with this hypothesis that we could look at age of onset or age at first symptom of MS in a large cohort and see whether that varied by latitude. And that was the basis of this paper. Okay, so it sounds like, I mean, obviously the outstanding question there is it's not clear if latitude might also affect the age at which some symptoms first start, um, which you're sort of using as a, as a marker of severity of the disease. Yes. Um, so this is, of course, what you're, um, you and the fellow researchers plan to find out. Yeah, so how did you go about doing that, Bruce? Well, we were very lucky that we were able to access an extremely large and well-curated data set through the MS Base Foundation. Now, MS Base is an, an international clinician-driven MS database where clinicians such as myself will enter details on their patients with MS as they see them and, and there's a basic data set which every patient needs to have uploaded into um, the software which includes their age, uh, age of onset type of MS and their disability level and from those, um, that data we could plan to do this study. And the overall data set when we started this that we could access and use in this thing was about 22,000 people, which is an enormous number of people with MS from a wide latitudinal distribution around the world from Denmark down to um, Tasmania. And, and so we've got this vast data set, which gives us a, a lot of power to be able to look at this question. And so we were able to access MS base. It's, uh, it's a critically important um, data set for being able to do this type of work because it gives you the numbers and the worldwide distribution of cases. So it sounds like I mean, you had a really um, powerful study in terms of the size of the cohort as well as the actual data involved. So yes. what was the um, major finding to arise from the research? Well, what we did show was that clearly there was a latitudinal gradient of age of onset. The further north you went, the earlier you got your disease. And that's, uh, you know, although it was only about two years between you know, the most southern and most northern, the actual latitudinal distribution, although it was high, it was surprisingly, um, you know, it only went... Um, it didn't. It only um, covers a, a proportion of the, the latitude. You don't have vast numbers of people living in the Arctic or in the Antarctic, and you don't have um, vast numbers of centres around the equator. So we were able to, even despite that, we were able to get a reasonable latitudinal distribution, and we're able to show that um, between 30 and 40, 40 and 50, and 50 plus degrees north and south, um, that you were able to show that there was a steady progression of age of onset, and that. It, it was um, we were able to show that in the northern hemisphere and the southern hemisphere, and it was the first time that really latitude or geography has been to be associated with disease severity, and that's an important thing because it tells you or tells us that the factors that act at the population level, be it sunlight, be it vitamin D, or be it an unrecognised factor, um, are important in driving the severity of the disease as well. So it sounds like um, we're thinking about the severity of the disease and your findings. Um, I guess the thing I think about is so how do you tease apart that role? I mean, obviously, you notice that um, each 10 degree increase in latitude, from what I understand from the paper, was associated with a 10 month earlier onset. Um, so how can you sort of tease apart the role of that higher latitude from um, the sort of lower ambient UV and the other sort of factors that might be at play? Well, this is where epidemiological studies like this can only provide associations. They can't prove the cause. What you need then is to take those various factors which act at, uh, are differentially expressed by latitude, such as sunlight, vitamin D, 
and you need to see how, by modifying those, you can influence risk of MS. And we're doing one of those studies, in, two of those studies in Australia. One is to look at prevention of MS using vitamin D. So maybe the vitamin D, even though it's, it's the end product, may be the important thing. The second way to look at that is to look at um, using narrowband phototherapy, which is giving the UVB, and then seeing whether um, that actually reduces your risk of conversion to MS. So you've got to do that by doing. You can't make an, you, you can't define cause. You can only define associations from studies like this, and that provides hypotheses, hypotheses which can then be tested in um, case control or um, um, RCTs, which actually show that that factor is associated with risk. And once we've got that data, which we'll have, we can actually then be able to say which is important. Is it sunlight? Is it vitamin D? Or are they unimportant? And there's another factor that we haven't recognised that we need to look at. And also those questions about in a randomised control trial or a case control study, you can actually control for factors such as genetics, diet, exercise, you know, and lifestyle, which, which you can't do in, a, in an epidemiological study like the one we've published. The other thing that you mentioned in your paper um, that I picked up on was about a genotypic sort of susceptibility. Um, when thinking about that with regards to this relationship between the higher latitudes and the younger age of onset, so was there any evidence for sort of particular genotypes being particularly susceptible towards this association? No. Well, see, what has been shown previously in the large GWAS studies, which have looked at what factors are associated with severity, which they suffered from the, uh, the problems of being cross-sectional, and using, trying to use level of disability, the EDSS score or the MSSS score to divide people into just moderate, mild, moderate and severe. And essentially they've shown nothing. The only thing they've shown in those studies and we, is that people who carry the common um, MS susceptibility allele, which is HLA-DRB11501, had it on average a two-year earlier of age of onset. Now, clearly in the MS-based study, and this, you know, we, we, we don't have genotypes on these people at all, so we can't make that association, but it may well be that that is one of the factors important in age of onset. But it wouldn't explain a latitudinal gradient because we do know the distribution of HLA uh, genes in large number, proportions of the population, and adjusting for those doesn't abrogate the latitudinal gradient, which means it doesn't make the latitudinal gradient of MS go away. So I don't think it'll make the latitudinal gradient of age of onset go away either. But it may be an important one of the things that if we restricted it to people who are not HLA, they are 15 positive, or we may find a different distribution if we restrict, or if we restrict it to the other group. But that data we do not have. We don't have genotypes on these people. All right, then. Well, thank you so much, Bruce, for, for taking the time out to talk to me today about your study. Um, thank you. So that was Professor Bruce Taylor from the um, Institute of Medical Research from the University of Tasmania in Hobart, Australia. And um, we were talking about his recent paper that's published in the JNMP. You can download it now from jnmp.bmj.com. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen with us. Mm -hmm.